This is the 200th episode of the Danko Jones podcast. La 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 la. Happy 200th episode to me and to this podcast. Happy 200th episode to everyone who has listened to this podcast, whether it be from episode one onwards or a few episodes here and there, or even if this is your first time listening. I always get a little sensation of surprise mixed with satisfaction when someone tells me they've listened to even one episode. I do this in isolation, whether it be in a hotel room or in my bedroom or on headphones in our dressing room or bus, these podcasts are direct pipelines siphoned from my inner dialogue. I've been doing this podcast since 2011. It started small, reading articles that were published in rock magazines, and then I asked my friend Nick Flanagan to co-host it with me. We did a few episodes between the two of us, but before long, we were inviting guests. Brendan Canning from Broken Social Scene, my old roommate, was this podcast's first guest, and from that point on, this podcast has never looked back. But after eight years, and this being the 200th episode, the tendency is to look back. I did that already when we hit the 100th episode mark, but I don't want to do that again. Instead, I want to give on this celebratory episode. During the course of the eight years, traditional episodes have arisen. The yearly Q&A with Nick Flanagan, the year-end roundup in December and January, and the rock and roll scene report of each successive year, where I spotlight new rock bands in an attempt to call some semblance of a rock scene. But aside from having particular guests on, I haven't pulled focus onto the bands and the musicians that have been waving the flag for rock music all this time for a decade or even longer, whether there was hype for it or not. True rockers, true lovers of rock, true crusaders for rock, hard rock, rock and roll, our peers, our contemporaries, our friends, and fellow bands. I have only respect for them. It needs to be said. And what better occasion than this 200th episode? Also with the 200th episode comes a visual change. I have swapped out the zombie version of myself wearing a Funkadelic t-shirt that is, let's face it, eight years old by now, and has become this podcast's thumbnail, avatar, profile pic, poster, etc. And in its place, Jeremy Bruniel's beautiful artwork that will now grace the podcast from here on in. It's a facelift for the podcast, making it this far. Jeremy did my favorite show poster I've ever seen for us a few months back when we played the London Music Hall in London, Ontario, Canada. And it was right then and there on the spot that I decided to have to, uh, to ask him, to ask Jeremy to do the artwork for this podcast. I want to make clear here, I've never taken any money for doing this podcast. I've never asked for any money, never had any real legit sponsors for this, nor do I want any. I don't look down on other podcasts that do. In fact, I admire a few who do, but I feel once I start down that road, I feel it won't be mine anymore. And this podcast is mine, warts and all. 
It's mine. Volume inconsistencies, crackling phone lines. It's mine. Uhs and ums and likes, vapid interview skills and all. It's mine. And it's going to stay mine. If a guest seems boring or uninteresting to some people, well, at least they know that nobody forced me to have them on or because of some backdoor favor or obligation. Instead, they're on because I wanted them on with genuine vigor and interest. So here's to another 200 episodes. Hell, here's to a thousand more. I like doing this. As long as I'm interested in stuff, I'm going to keep doing this podcast and talking about stuff. So thank you, Nick Flanagan. Thank you, Jeremy Bruniel. Thank you to every guest who has ever been on this thing. And thank you for listening. Truth be told, I do it whether anyone was listening or not, but it's nice to know some people do. Let's hear that theme song one more time. The Take Your Joe Podcast is the best around Nick Flanagan is Take Your School of Telephone for free I'm so glad I like to sometimes Jimmy in from Fuck Joe Stop playing Hang Joe I want to start this episode with the band that inspired this episode The Super Suckers With their song and accompanying video History of Rock and Roll Off their album Suck It Released last year That song embodies what this episode is about A roll call A call to arms for all the rock bands represented, all the rock bands out there. We first met the Super Suckers in 2005, and they took us out on tour in the U.S. Every night, I watched the band rip the heads off of everyone who showed up. Eddie Spaghetti is the consummate frontman. It's showmen like Eddie that inspire me to open my mouth on stage in the way that I do. Thank you, gents. Possible after all these years and all the good rock and roll heard by these ears that nobody gives a shit, at least not like they should. About no other difference between what sucks and what's good, like rocking from the grip. Respect must be given to the one band we feel closest to, and that's Sweden's Backyard Babies. Nicky Borg, Petter Carlson, Johan Blomqvist, and Dragon. They are the one band I've seen the most and have only respect for. They took us out on tour in 2001 on their Making Enemies is Good tour all across Europe, and that remains the most memorable tour I've ever done. The band consistently waved the flag for rock music. This must be stated, and they must be heard. 
hottest ticket in town was Nashville Pussy. They toured like animals and played like monsters. I was in awe. Actually, they scared the shit out of me. And I wanted to do exactly what they were doing. When we played a few shows with them in Canada that year and the following year, I didn't want to go home. I wanted to continue touring with them. Well, we finally hooked it up again and our two bands toured the West Coast this past February. Two things about Nashville Pussy, though. Blaine Cartwright is a national treasure. And Blaine Cartwright for president. One, two, one, two, three! Well, his name is Johnny Jr., but his friends call him Hot Rod. And he's rummaging through an old Ford graveyard. show in our hometown and we had scored the opening slot to Toronto's gig of the week. The New Bomb Turks had just signed with Epitaph Records and were riding the wave of underground acclaim. 
While we were on stage, I saw Turk singer Eric Davidson watching us, his eyes wide during our set. And afterwards, he asked me to join them on stage for their rendition of Sam Cooke's Shake. I perceived it as a knighting, or in the very least, validation for our band. Since then, we've come to regard the New Bomb Turks as our older brothers in rock. They've given us advice in the early days that we took to heart, told us what cool music to listen to, and believe it or not, were there when some crazy stuff happened within our band. Again, being there to offer timely, brotherly advice and support. Eric Davidson even wrote the foreword to the book uh, of our band by Stuart Berman called Too Much Trouble. I love the New Bomb Turks, and I always will. If memory serves me correctly, the year was 1998, and we were in New York City to play the CMJ Music Conference, which was in full swing. We played some Canadian showcase, and it was mm, underwhelming, to say the least. I was sleeping on the living room floor of Dave Sardi. Sardi, of course, being the music heavyweight and insider that he was and still is, had his ear to the ground that week and hipped us to the buzz show of the conference. The helicopters from Stockholm were playing CMJ. The hottest garage rock and roll band in the land were playing it under Acme, and it seemed like one of the bands on the bill had dropped out. Sardi suggested I go there and see if we could get on the bill, so I did just that and talked to drummer Robon. It was just that easy, and we got to open for the helicopters that night. Four years later, we were playing in Shagelbonnen in Stockholm, and when I stepped on stage and looked out into the audience, there was Robon. I gave him a nod, we exchanged smiles, and away we went. As a, as a footnote to this, Shagelbonnen the club will soon close its doors. It seems the rich people who bought places around it complained to the city, and now the club is closing down. This is only another reason to do this episode, to eat the rich 
and to listen to the helicopters. Watching them in the audience to having this band intertwined with ours, Rocket from the Crypt are definitely one of our favorites, and of course, one of rock's greatest bands. Despite their final show hurrah in 2005, they've since gotten back together a couple of times, and their official status is still labeled as active. As much as I was a fan of theirs going back to 1991 with Paint as a Fragrance, I have to acknowledge the kick in the nuts with 2001's Group Sounds and Live at Camp X-Ray to me. To me, those are the records that solidified them as kings. were the first garage rock punk rock and roll band I ever saw back in 1991. I even think if 
memory serves me correctly, it was an afternoon matinee show in downtown Toronto at the Drake, booked by William New or something like that. But that's where I met Classy Craig, one half of the Toronto duo. They were funny, charismatic, and rockin'. I mean, really rockin'. They're still active today, and one of the bands that laid the foundation for me to do what I do. Classy Craig and Groovy Greg, the Leather Uppers. further without giving it up for Riverside, California's Bell Rays. They've been doing it since 1990, but didn't rise to prominence, or at least to my ears, until 1998's Let It Blast album. Since then, they've been consistently churning out heartwarming, soul-shaking rock and roll rebellion on albums like Grand Fury, The Red, White, and Black, and Have a Little Faith. Yes, they are indeed the embodiment of punk funk, rock, and soul. And when it comes to singers, I will always shut up and listen to Lisa Kakaula's vocals. Extremely on point. Ladies and gentlemen, the bell rays. People wanna get 
Do the hives even need an introduction? They've been around since the early to mid-90s, but exploded onto the world scene in 2001. A few months before the explosion, we played with them in uh, Norway, Oslo, Norway, at the Oya Festival. And their Veni Vidi Vicious album was the soundtrack to that summer for us in the van. We've played with them a few times since, but seriously, the whole world knows this band. Their inclusion on this episode is out of respect, fandom, and without them, incomplete. and got to know the dudes in Hardcore Superstar in recent years. But as hard as they rock, as explosive a live band as they are, that's how nice and cool they are offstage. It's refreshing to see in this hard rock world of alpha male posturing when a band doesn't have to push out and beat on their chests. And only the ones who know it don't have to do it. Only the ones who know they've got it don't have to do it. There are a few bands that, when I see their name on an upcoming bill we're playing or a show, I roll my eyes and brace myself for rock star posturing and attitude. But when I know we're, we're set to play with the hardcore guys, I'm relaxed and ready to check out a great band. From Gothenburg, Sweden, Hardcore Superstar.
There's been a lot of talk about the future of rock music lately. Bands are cashing in on farewell tours, and pretty soon the well will run dry. What people don't understand is that there are a lot of great rock bands still on their second win, but without a legacy career and well-heard discography, it always falls on deaf ears. It's made me realize that most people, as well-intentioned as they may seem and want to be, don't really listen to music. Their idea of music is something to use as background decor for a social gathering, never to be put in the foreground. Music lovers are definitely a dwindling minority, despite the advent of helpful digital music sources like iPods, Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, and, you know, the plain old vinyl shop. But there is always the exception. While the rest of us rock bands bask in near obscurity, Volbeat have become the newest arena rock sensations. And if you think it's overnight, they've been around since 2001. I've told this story before and I'll say it here. It was 2006 and we were on tour supporting our Sleep is the Enemy album. And after our Copenhagen gig, this guy knocked on our dressing room door and politely gave us his CDs. I kept them and thanked him, made a little small talk, and that was it. A few months later, I got sent the latest issue of Rock Hard magazine out of Germany, and that dude was on the cover. I ran over to my CDs to see if the band name on the magazine matched the band name on the CD. It was Michael Polson from Volbeat. In 2016, Volbeat released Seal the Deal and Let's Boogie. I was featured on track six called Black Rose, and that song went number one in America. So I will always be grateful and thankful to Volbeat for having me on a number one song, and my first ever platinum record hangs proudly in the hall of my place. This fall, we are set to tour the boys all over Europe with Baroness as well for Volbeat's new album, Rewind, Replay, Rebound. To me, if there's any band that can save rock music now, even though rock music doesn't really need saving at all, it's these guys. I can't play Volbeat without playing some Black Rose. Come on, the song rips. So when I 
April of this year, we released our ninth studio album called A Rock Supreme. It was produced by Garth Richardson. And I have to say that it's our best album to date, even though I know every band says that about their latest album. The reviews are in, however. The dust has settled. And most back my opinion. And since this is an episode celebrating the 200th kick at the can, and since I've played some songs by rock bands that are steadfastly waving the flag for rock music in 2019, I think it's only appropriate that we end the episode with a song off said album. This is Fists Up High off of A Rock Supreme. I think it's a damn tootin' good tune. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with episode number 201. We're going to keep them coming at you. No stopping. Fists up high. I got my fists up high.